This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family in Johannesburg, Christian Family Church. We love, we miss you, we love you, can't wait to see you. Two weeks' time, we'll be there. And I have a very powerful message for you when we arrive. We are going to have a, an amazing experience with God. Don't miss it. All right, now for today, we're going to continue part two in our series. Praying in the Holy Spirit is important because it allows God to arrange protection and deliverance from all harm for you and your families or anyone that you pray for. So are we going to experience harm or potential danger? Do we really need this? Absolutely. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That word perilous means exposure to danger. So 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. This tells us in the end times, people will turn away from God and because they'll be influenced by wrong doctrine, wrong teaching. Child of God, it's vitally important that we find a church where we know we're going to get solid meat of the word and stay there, stay there. Don't have itching ears listening everywhere to everybody that you don't know and then start believing nonsense and start backsliding, getting cold in the heart and falling away, being deceived by demons. Matthew 24, 37, Jesus said, it will be like the days of Noah when he returns. It'll be like the days of Noah when he returns. Now, if you'll read the conditions of Noah's time, there was violence and crime and murder and all sorts of evil going on. Jesus said it'll be like that when he returns. And it's getting that way right now. So I encourage you, stay on fire for Jesus. Come to church. Also, please read Mark 13, verse 19 through 20. Jesus speaks about the conditions of the end times. And then Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. Church, we are the salt of the earth. Jesus said that. And he said this, if the salt loses its flavor, how will the world, the unsaved, be salted? In other words, if we don't influence them to Christ, how will they be salted? How will they be influenced? Who will do it if we don't? Then he said this, then the salt becomes worthless and is thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. The same people that we should have witnessed to, that should have got saved, will persecute the church and trample the salt under its feet. So Jesus is saying clearly here in Matthew 5, 13, if you don't witness the lost, they'll persecute you. We are entering into a time right now 
where there's going to be tremendous persecution worldwide. Just like we are seeing in China, in India, in Russia, in the Middle East, where Christians are being executed because of their faith in Christ. We're going to see this happen everywhere, everywhere. It's coming. Now, we need to know how to pray in tongues so God can protect us. Just recently, the Spirit of God has been dealing with me about the importance of preparing for the challenges that are coming. There are serious challenges on the horizon. And uh, God has shown me in times past of things to happen in the future. If you read my book on how to recognize the voice of God, I share many stories in there along this line. I just want to share a few things with you that might not be in my book. About 15 years before we had a change of government in South Africa, the Holy Spirit told me it was going to happen. And I told several people what the Lord showed me. They didn't believe me, but it happened exactly as God showed me. In 2003, Two thousand and three in March, America, Great Britain, Australia, and a few other countries began a day and night twenty four hour bomb bombing of Iraq and People in church asked me in Jasper, is this Armageddon? Is this the beginning of Armageddon? And even Charles Neiman, my good friend from El Paso, Texas, called me because he knew I was teaching on 666. I started teaching on that 40 years ago, studying end time prophecy and Bible uh, uh, and, and current world events. And teaching on that, as you know. So um, while I was talking to him, the Spirit of God told me the exact day that the bombing would end. And I told him. And then I told the church at all three services that weekend, the exact day that this relentless bombing would stop on Iraq. And it happened exactly that way. The bombing lasted about 21 days and it stopped in April. Fast forward to 2008, 2008. In about April, the Spirit of God told me that there was coming a worldwide financial crash, a run on the banks. 
And he said that properties would be half the value of what they are now. And that we should sell our house in San Antonio because we had a large mortgage, a large bond on the property. The money that we gave the builder to build the house with, he blew it at a gambling casino. I wasn't paying attention, should have listened to the Lord, were involved in starting up the church here in San Antonio and didn't pay attention to what was going on. And so um, we had to borrow a lot more money from the bank than we wanted to. So at the end of the day, our property was worth just a little bit more than we had borrowed. And if we were in that house when the, prop, when the financial crash came, then our property would be, would be worth a lot less than the actual bond or mortgage of the house at that time. So even if we sold the house, we'd not be able to pay more than about half of what we owed the bank if we waited. So I uh, spoke to Pastor Bev about it, and I told her what God had shown me, that we needed to sell the house or be in financial trouble. And we had moved at that time probably as many times as the Israelites did traveling through the wilderness from Egypt to Canaan. And uh, she liked the house, and so she wasn't pleased with the idea of selling it. So I said to her, look, I'll tell you what, I'm going to speak to your mom, Sheila, and your stepdad, Rob Palmer, when they get you next month, and I'm going to tell them what God showed me, and let's see what they say. She said, fine, let's do that. Now, Sheila and Rob ran a very large commercial industrial property business back in those years, very successful. And so they understood financial markets and property values. I told them what God had shown me. There's going to be a worldwide financial crash in 2008 this year, and we need to sell our house. Otherwise, we'd be in trouble because we owe so much, and it'll only be worth about half if this crash happens. So when I finished telling him, I said, now, what do you think? Should I sell it or not? And uh, Sheila kept quiet for quite some time, maybe about a minute or two. Seemed like eternity. Just looked at me. I could <laughs> imagine her brain turning over as she's thinking about this. And um, she said, Rob, God has shown Theo that he should sell the house because of a financial crash coming worldwide then he should sell it, don't you think? And he said, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, Biff said, okay, fine, we'll sell it. So I, uh, I said, Lord, what next? This was in, now in May, 
I said, what next? The Lord said, let your friends know next door that you are selling your house. Write on a piece of paper that you are going to put your house on the market. Stick it on the door. I did that. Stuck it on the door with some tape. A few days later, I got a knock at the front door. It was a realtor. Uh, we are property agents, and we take care of this house next door. And the folks who own that house live in Mexico City, Mexico. And they've got a jet. They fly in three times a year. They stay in this house for about a month at a time. This is their holiday vacation home. And they've got some friends who are also very, very wealthy, own a business as well. And they want to buy a house in this street so they can come on vacation together. Would you be interested in letting them look at your house? So I said, sure, come on and bring them over. And so Lady brought them and we waited in the car outside. And uh, they, they looked at the house. And then she came out to see us and she gave us a check. And the offer of the check was a lot more money than we owned, that we owed the bank. That we owed the bank. And it was cash. She said, would you accept this offer? I looked at it and I said, as a Pope a Catholic, of course we accept the offer. And so the house was sold. Three months later in September, the crash happened, just like God showed me. Financial markets crashed. The stock market crashed. Banks went under. People lost their houses. People lost their jobs. People lost their life's savings. And some people lost all three, savings, house, and job. And all properties went to at least half the value or less. So if we had not done that, we would not have been able to sell that house. And if we did, we'd still owe the bank a lot of money. So I sold the house, took our profit, put it in the bank, and we built a new house a little later. I've experienced many situations like that. I don't have the time to continue telling you. But recently, three years ago, about four o'clock in the morning, I heard a loud voice speak to me and say, five years of free worship left. Five years of free worship left. I'm saying that was about three years ago, which leads us two years left. What does it mean, free worship? It means that we will not be able to worship freely like we do now in church, similar to like what happened with the lockdown. But this could be a worldwide experience, and it could be a lot more devastating than the lockdown. Now, 
I'm going to be sharing on October the 2nd, Sunday morning, at celebration, at the beginning of the celebration, something God showed me that's going to happen, I believe, in 2024, two years' time. This is going to change the entire world and will actually result in us losing our freedoms and bringing the human race into partial slavery. I need to share this with you. I'm going to share it with you. And God has told me to teach at this celebration messages that I would teach as if it might be the last celebration we ever have. It might be the last celebration we ever have. It might not be. There might be another one after this by the grace of God. I don't know. But why would he tell me to preach messages at this celebration as if it would be the last celebration we might ever have. And so God's given me the most important messages you need to hear to protect you and keep you and your family and cause you to succeed no matter what happens in our future, no matter what problems come our way. In family of God, one of these messages that you need to hear, that God told me to teach, is this subject, the power of praying in tongues. This subject, the power of praying in tongues. Now, celebration will not be broadcast on social media. will not be streamed live. If you want to hear these messages, you're going to have to come to the building to hear them. We'll be beaming it into San Antonio as well. So San Antonio will be able to hear it, and Janisburg will hear it. There's only two places you better get to hear what God has showed me. So you need to be in church. All right. So why do we need to pray in tongues? Because it allows God to arrange protection and deliverance from all harm and danger for you and your families. That's reason number two. That's what we're talking about. Is that important to us now? Yes. Go to Isaiah 59, verse 16 in your Bible. God saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. An intercessor, somebody takes the place of others in prayer. Now let's look at verse 19 from the same chapter, Isaiah 59, verse 19, the B part. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. 
When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a stand against him. Now, that word standard in Hebrew is noose. The Hebrew word means make to flee or put to flight. God needs intercessors. God cannot do anything unless someone asks him to do it. There are so many needs in our world today, and yet it seems like God is not answering so many needs. We could read the scripture this way. When the devil comes in like a flood to drown us, the Holy Spirit will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight and make him flee. Now somebody could say, I know so many Christians who have had serious challenges and they went down. They crashed. The Holy Spirit did not deliver them. How come he delivers some and not others? Well, if they had acted on Isaiah 59, verse 16, they would have overcome. They would have overcome. God saw that there was no intercessor. The Holy Spirit needs to work through a yielded Christian to allow the Holy Spirit to pray and intercede so that these dangers can be neutralized. Let me share some of the personal experiences I've had along this line to help illustrate that point. In 1983, I was at a leaders meeting on a Thursday night in CFC Elansfontein. We spent some time in prayer that evening, praying in other tongues. Then I taught the Word of God, the Bible study for the fellowship groups for the following week. Then we discussed church business. I had a peace in my heart. I had a joy in my heart. But suddenly, unrest entered. Grief entered. Sorrow and sadness entered my heart. I stopped and looked into my heart. What on earth is going on? I perceived that someone's life was in danger. I sensed that if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to intercede now, and stop this problem from occurring, that this very grief, this sadness, would be experienced by me and others when this tragedy happened. I had, to, I had a preview, you might say, of what was to come if I did not pray. I had a preview. The sadness and sorrow would be what I'd experience if the tragedy happened because I didn't pray. So I was seeing or sensing in the future what was going to happen. So I explained this to leaders and asked them to stand with me and pray. I asked them to repeat the following prayer. I said, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. They said, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. 
He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Right now we yield to you, dear Holy Spirit, to pray for whoever this is, whoever is in danger, that you would raise up a standard to protect them and provide for them. It was amazing how the leaders rallied to pray. It was 10 or 15 minutes that we prayed. So fervent. I thought the roof was going to come off. They prayed so hard. I sensed the grief subside. I sensed joy taking its place. I sensed their lives were out of danger. I sensed more prayer was needed, but at least their lives were out of danger. I said, what is the time? So they told me it's 10 minutes past 8 on that Thursday night. 10 minutes past 8. Now, on Monday morning, I received a phone call from a lady who was my secretary at the time. Her name was Angelique. I said, how can I help you? She said, all I need is a lift, a ride to the office this morning. So I said, I can arrange that. By the way, where's your car? And she said, well, Apostle Theo, my husband and I had an accident. We were on the road when a huge truck came through red light, hit us on the side, rolled our car and ended up on top of our little Renault 5. Now, I'm sure you know Renault 5 is smaller than a little Beetle, right? VW Beetle. And the ambulance used fire torches to cut them out. And they thought that they'd bring them, they would be bringing them out leg and arm at a time, you know. They were shocked to find out they came out in one piece. And then more shocked to find out they hardly had a scratch on their bodies. And <clears throat> they insisted on taking them to hospital and ambulance. My secretary said, no, we'd like you to take us home. There's nothing wrong with us. Look, we're perfectly fine. We're not shocked. Everything's fine. So I asked my secretary, I said, now, exactly what time was this and what day? She said, this happened on Thursday night at 8.30 p.m., 8.30 p.m. All right. That was 20 minutes after we finished praying. At the next leaders' meeting, I told them what happened. Now, if we had not prayed, there's every reason to believe that both of them would have died. But if we had prayed a little longer, then the accident might not have happened. It might have been avoided altogether. Then I might not have had a testimony. We would have wondered, what was all that intense praying for? We would not have known. I wonder how many times we've prayed for things and tragedies and problems have been avoided in our lives. I wonder. And I wonder how many times problems and tragedies we could have avoided if we had prayed were avoided. I wonder how many times. 
But because we had prayed and stopped at that time, we have a testimony. We have a testimony. Thank God we allowed the Holy Spirit to take charge through prayer. Let's say this together. One of the benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit is that He arranges our protection and our provision. Thank you, Jesus. All right, praise God. Now, I'm going to continue with this message next weekend. Please don't miss 10 reasons why praying in the Spirit is important. We need this. This is something God has given us. The Holy Spirit will pray through you and then He will go out and answer the very prayer He prayed. He will pray through you and then He will go and take care of the problem that He prayed about. You've got to understand how to pray in tongues. So don't miss next week. And if you do not speak in tongues, it's imperative that you come forward right now and that the pastors and the leaders pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And if you want to come and be refreshed with this gift and you want them to pray with you in tongues to have a refreshing to make sure you stir up this gift at this time because you understand the importance of this then you can come as well. And if you need prayer for healing or anything else, come on up to the front as well. And while that's happening, the worship team are going to minister to us in song. And if you're staying back in your seat, you can remain sitting down and you can just worship God along with the worship team. All right. And then I'll do the altar call when we're done here. God bless you. Come on up. Thank you. Go ahead. All right. Praise the Lord. If you have been ministered to, you may take your seats. Now let's give those who don't know the Lord the opportunity to meet Him, especially in these times. You can't go into the future without knowing Jesus. So please kindly bow your head. Close your eyes. How many of you would say, Dr. Theo, I do not know Jesus. I'm not sure about my eternal future. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. I hope I do. Well, that's not acceptable. You can know for sure that you are going to heaven. God wants you to have that assurance right now. So we're going to pray and God will give it to you. If you want God to give it to you, then I'm going to count to three, slip your hand up, and that'll indicate to God that you invite Him to speak to your heart when I pray my prayer. All right? So if you want God to speak to you, when I count to three, slip your hand up, that will indicate to God that you invite Him to talk to you when I pray, and He will. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Thank you. Praise God. Let's keep those hands up for a moment then you can take them down. Somebody's coming to put their hand on your shoulders to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while we pray. Okay. Everybody, please say this prayer with me, especially all of you that raised your hands. 
Let's pray together out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross in my place. You were punished for my sins so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I'll live for you forever with all my heart from today. Praise God, I'm saved. God is now my Father. I'm God's child. And I'm bound for heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that is so wonderful. God bless you. And if you said that for the first time at home, please let us know. We love you, and we will see you in two weeks' time. But don't miss next weekend as we continue our subject on 10 reasons why praying is important. And we're only, we're only on two, two parts. So we've got, we're going to do reason number three next Sunday. All right. God bless you all. Pastor Bevan, I love you, and we are praying for you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.